let's do this. Welcome to Behind the Usher Station. Woo! I'm Alex. I'm Jerome. And I'm Jonathan. We all used to work together as ushers at the IMAX Theater. And now we're doing a podcast. So if you like what we do here, uh, please like, subscribe, and share. And uh, send it to all your friends that you know. Facebook and Twitters and YouTubes. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the YouTubes. Grandpa? Yep. Good old YouTube. Back in my day. Just like and subscribe. Yes. (laughs) Follow us. Woo! It's going to be fun. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to our show. So as you probably all know, or maybe don't, it's Pride Month. And Alex, you have a special somewhere that you're heading this weekend. (laughs) Is it that special if it happens every year? Yes. <laughs> Christmas is special. Hey, mothers, your birthday is probably special, right? No, it's not. I like yeah. Uh, more. Wah, wah. Twenty-four now. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Be well, I actually like to. I don't like to say it's my birthday. I like to say I was ripped from the womb because <laughs> big wolf reference. Because um, uh, yes. I was a C-section, mm. so I didn't. But oh, same. I was a C-section. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a Beowulf reference because uh, Beowulf was, couldn't be killed by any man birthed from a woman. Mm-hmm. But the guy who actually killed Beowulf was ripped from his mother's belly. It's a C-section. Yeah, my mom doesn't like that uh, I say that, but I think it's funny. Um, Going back to the Pride <laughs> episode, instead of going to topic on Beowulf, I am actually going to be walking in the Seattle Children's uh, section of the Pride Parade at Seattle in uh, Seattle's Pride Woo. Parade. <laughs> I think I just said Parade like twenty times right there. The Seattle Pride Parade uh, Sunday the thirtieth. I will be walking with Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, so it's going to be fun and exciting. I have to be up super early on Sunday, but it's going to be fun and so much, so much walking. But Are you nervous? No, not really. I've done it before. Um, I've done it a couple years ago. I was going to do it again, but I ended up going on a trip to San Diego. And then I didn't get to do it last year because of school and work. So this year, I'm just excited to go again. And I am part of the LGBT community. So it's nice to be among my own kind, as I like to say. <laughs> so it'll, it's going to be a fun fest- day of festivities and stuff. Sounds like a cool event. And, yeah. Uh, it's uh, proud of you. <laughs> uh, it's actually proud of me. <laughs> yeah, I can be proud of my friend. Thank you, Jerome. This is a little on the nose, like pride, proud, proud. You couldn't think of another word? No, I feel like it's very apt to this situation. (laughs) He's proud of me during this proud month. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's uh, I've never been to a pride parade before, but um, I think it is a a cool celebration for sure, Um, especially considering how far uh, the LGBT community has come from... uh, where they started even let's say like five years ago uh, and trying to get the right to do things that uh, most people already have just built in by living in this country without even having to try. And it's actually interesting that you mentioned that like five years ago, uh, seeing the different representation of the different type of uh, LGBT type of people of different sexualities now seen on TV is quite amazing because usually I would never see somebody who represents my sexuality on TV. I am 
uh, asexual. And for those who don't know what that is, it basically just means I have a really low sex drive. And I just don't want anybody to touch me and just everybody leave me alone. And basically, I would never see anybody with that type of sexuality on TV ever. It was either gay or lesbian or bi or straight. And even there's still a lot of biphobia out there. Um, but those were mainly the three big ones you would see and then for asexuality to even be thought of it was just you know not possible but then uh on netflix they actually have the show called um bo jack horseman and there's a character called todd on there and he came out as asexual and it was like really awesome to see that and i'm like holy crap i'm a lot like this character before he even came out there was a lot about him that i related to and then finally when he did come out as asexual i was like oh I relate to him on that level, too. That was, like, really cool to see that representation there. And I think people, you know, we get caught up in a lot of the diversity representation throughout the rest of the year. And in Pride Month, it comes out a lot to see that with the the sexuality of gay and lesbian. But there is also the other types of, you know, asexuality, trans or um, fluid gender, you know, all the other ones that don't get too much representation out there. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see that in some shows. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we wanted to talk about, like, the different representation of um, LGBTQIA. And I know it extends. Uh, I, the the paper we're I looking used, for the... <laughs> I used to have it. I had it up. Oh, uh-huh. okay. We're... we're we're searching. We're searching right now. We want to get this right. Doing, but we have dead air right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can keep talking. Uh, well, um, I was, like I was going to bring up, uh, you know, just to go right head first into the topic, uh, a show that I'm interested in, and I, I keep forgetting to watch it because I've been, um, I have so many other things on my list. Like I've been watch, still watching Jessica Jones and uh, some other stuff, um, but. Uh, show on fx but is now on netflix right now is uh pose mm, i'm meaning to check out pose um it just looks so interesting and uh, i know nothing about uh ball culture uh ball culture especially during that time period of the 70s so i was like this could this is an interesting uh topic to touch on and going past even that the fact that they have hired so uh the two main characters are uh, actually transgender actresses that are playing transgender characters in the show. So I've, I'm really curious to, to see how well they do the representation there and also learn more about ball culture during that time period and, and see what they got right and what they got, um, what stuff like is actually happened in real life and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty cool that they do have a show now like that that's representing uh, transgender and then people of color and stuff like that it shows that they're opening up to so much more variety and so much more more options out there it's not just the same old thing it's so much more interesting now and so much more so much more all um and i know the star of that show or one of the stars of the show um i forget his name billy something billy i i don't know he, all the stars by name but yeah. he, he's been a, a rising star um and i've seen like i'll i'll look like the met gala he was there and like a lot of the other uh red carpets he's he's been uh a red carpet kind of standout so um one of the shows that i was going to talk about was a show that recently um it's actually a movie it got it dropped on netflix um the perfection 
I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. I, I have, have yeah. Okay. It's really good. Um, it does uh, the main characters. Um, they are lesbians. Um, but the way that they tell their story, I feel is not stereotypical and not the norm that I've like seen usually um, of some of similar stories um, in the media. And I'm not going to spoil anything because that would be rude, but <laughs> it's really good. And I think they, they definitely, um, it definitely represents um, that community. Well, um, um, so I did find out what the whole thing is. It's um, LGBTQIA refers to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning intersex and asexual or allied, which oh, cool. is, I feel like, just a whole lot. But I guess to be inclusive is, you know, you gotta a lot. Get every, you got to get every everybody quarter, in some way. So. Quarter. Um, Their flag is a rainbow. Yes, they are very inclusive. Technically, <laughs> about every color. You know what I love about my flag, the asexual flag? It's um gray, white, and purple, which are colors that I wear just in general. So I was like, sweet, my colors are like dark kind of colors. I'm like, that just matches me. Um, speaking of Netflix shows, there is a show, and sadly now it is canceled. It was uh, one day at a time. Oh, Have you I've heard, heard of, that? of that show? I know it got canceled, but a lot of people were petitioning to yeah, bring it back. It is. So good because it's also like uh, like perfection. There's a person. It's a it's people of color. It's a Latin family. They're Cuban, I believe they're Cuban. Um, but it's nice to see because the character, the teenage girl, is a lesbian, and she comes out to her mom. She comes out to her family and grandmother who are traditional, you know, Catholics and traditional Cubans, and. I understand that from certain aspects, kind in, in kind of a way. I wasn't really ever scared of coming out to my mom um, because I actually originally came out to my mom as bi when I was a teenager before I really understood anything because, again, sexuality really wasn't spoken about too much like it is nowadays. Luckily, now it's more spoken about. Now people know, like, hey, there isn't just bi, lesbian, or gay, or straight. Now there's all that. these other stuff. And so now I got to know all this stuff. I'm I'm like, oh, I'm not bi. I'm this. And I'm like, and, you know, I got to come out to my mom. But um, coming out to, like, other family members, and there's this whole thing with, like, in Spanish, you know, families, I'm supposed to get married and have kids. And, you know, being 28, I'm actually kind of old for not having kids, you know, and not being in a relationship. And that's something I really just don't want. So seeing that in that kind of form where she comes out to her families and all that stuff is like, oh, I get that. And where her father has this like disapproving look at her quinceanera when she comes out to him. I'm like, I kind of had an argument with my dad about not wanting kids. She, He was completely fine when my sister came out to him. But me not wanting kids, that was a step too far. That's, that's- <laughs> I was like, come on now. Hmm, really? But um, to have that representation and then to have it see it there was like kind of great. And for it to be such, instead of being an adult adult woman um and to be a teenage girl and to actually have an accepting family because a lot of the shows you have the character come out and then the family is like awful or being like oh this is just a phase or oh i don't want to talk to you they kind of turn away to actually have the family members like accepting and loving and just right away being like okay 
you are what you are. We love you. We support you. Is a I feel like a greater representation and like gives more security and it makes kids less afraid. Because so many shows are like showing people like, oh, your family's going to abandon you or, oh, your parents are never going to talk to you again. Like in Senses 8 with the transgender uh, character, like her father never spoke to her again or didn't said they wouldn't talk to her again. And I was like, why? Why, though? Well, it's just set up, though, because at the uh, near the I think it's the second season. Spoiler. Um at this point, if you haven't seen the show, it's yeah. on Netflix. The whole show's on Netflix. At this point, if you haven't seen it, you're not going to watch it. they do like it. a little movie too? Yeah, they did a movie to wrap it up because they canceled it and everybody was pissed. And so they're like, all right, look, we'll do a movie that will finish out the season because the second season ends off on a really big cliffhanger too. So Well, it just got too just expensive to to shoot. That yeah, was all it was. Because really they were traveling to eight different countries to film the whole thing. It yeah. was very expensive. But um, that that whole setup though was for uh, in the second season, uh, that character gets married, and uh, there's a, a a moment where a dude who's like hunting her down for like other reasons, uh, who's trying to kill her, is uh, her dad sticks up for her and defends her. Um, so it was to give that her parents an arc. And I get that there's like, that whole they accept there's that whole redemption uh, scene that parents are supposed to have, but I think that's quite stupid because then it's like are like a lot of the parents in these shows. I'm like, are they really worthy of redemption though? Like, yeah, there's a difference between like supporting and loving your kid to to or accepting and loving your child because like sometimes it may take a second to accept something of your child but that doesn't mean you don't love and support them and like i don't think people like understand that entirely they're like oh if you automatically love your child you should accept them for who they are well i don't think so actually but that doesn't mean you're supposed to like automatically cut them out and be like no forget you it's like okay i don't understand your life i still love you but it's gonna give me you gotta give me some time i also think it's a little unfair in a lot of these character shows that demand acceptance right away and then like okay if you don't accept me i'm never talking to you again it just creates like an unrealistic path for like kids in real situations that are coming out to their parents you're setting up such a fake like path for these kids they're getting scared because here's a story of my parents never speak to me again or my dad says he loves me or my parents say they love me, but they just can't accept me for who I am or they need time and they should just accept me right away. So I'm never talking to them again. And it just, you know, sets up this this site where it's like it's, things are way more dramatic than they actually may be. Sometimes it is just being comfortable with who you are and talking to your parents. And yeah, they may not understand right away. But like them knowing that you're comfortable talking to them, be like, okay, it may take us some time, but we still love you. Just you need to give us some time. I and- think it depends though on the person because like I, I grew up in South Carolina. And so for me, like now currently you can get married if you're um, part of the LGBT in South Carolina. But there was a time where I had friends that they would not come out to their parents, not only because they knew their parents wouldn't accept them, but they would be outright more or less disowned. And I'm sure some of them, uh, some people in South Carolina who are part of that community, that's still the case because South Carolina is just a place of just strong conservative uh, 
thinking. And so for them, maybe that story might resonate with them because they're like, that is going to be my life. Like there is no way, like there's, there's just some people who just won't change. And so that's, that's, and that's how they feel. One of the like positives. So I did my research as you guys know, of course, (laughs) I always do my research before I come on these podcasts. I don't come up on here sounding stupid. Anyway. um, (laughs) So there is a show Um, I wanted to kind of like relate this to uh, because a lot of um, kids shows nowadays have LGBT representation, right? um, which is awesome. And uh, there's a show on Disney Channel. um, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah, called Mm -hmm. Andy Mack. And one of the characters actually came out um, on the show. Andy Mack? Yeah, Andy Mack. It's a weird title. Yes. It is getting a lot of buzz with the kids. Kids are enjoying it. It's canceled it now. It's canceled. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? But um, <laughs> this yeah. is new news to me. <laughs> all right, all right. Slow down. Let him talk about his research. God dang it. <laughs> Go on, Jonathan. Do um, your research. But yeah, one of the one of the characters came out. Um, and if you see, if you look at the clip, uh, he comes out to um his good friend. I think I believe. And and she accepts him, and then I, I I'm not sure what happens with the rest of the show, but um, I, I think he he later comes out to um, other people on the show, and all accepting as well. Um, so there there is there is a positive um, kind of uh, what is it representation um, of that scenario. Um, and then there's also, uh, like, like you mentioned on the, one of our childhood ruined episodes, like Arthur, um, they had Mr. Ratburn's wedding. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love how they did that because they didn't like signal that at all. They didn't say anything about that at all. They really didn't show it up until he got married. And even the kids were like, oh no, he's going to marry this horrible woman and then they're like, oh, he's marrying him? That's fantastic. I think it was like the chocolate shop guy or something. I, I really, think so. Because I, 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 I think I remember the- now they're like, oh, we're going to get free chocolate. <laughs> so <laughs> I think they were excited about that. So, And I also love that where, you, where they don't give any lead. They're like, okay, character's just his character. And that's another thing about a lot of the LGBT or the, the characters that are represented in shows and movies. There's like this strong, like gayness they'll put to them, and I don't understand why. After they come out, they'll make them like an ultra gay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm serious, and I'll give a good example of this. Um, in Supergirl, I knew you were gonna bring that no, because I brought it up multiple times. <laughs> I know, and, that's, and uh, I'm not I'm it was like a bad thing. I was like, I was waiting. I was yeah, like, she gonna bring up she, Supergirl. Yeah, no, because I have a problem with this because of. Uh, her name is actually Alex, Alex Davers, uh, the sister of Supergirl. Um, you know, she comes out as lesbian in the first season, like mid-season or something. And it's like, cool. All right, cool. Great character. Really love her. Kicks ass, you know. And as she goes on, she she's bright. She's intelligent. She's taking more force and everything. But, like, by, like, the end of the second episode, they kind of start making her ultra gay, where she's no longer having this femininity to her that she had in the first season. And suddenly by the third season, she's got this, like, really short, unnecessary hair that's, like, in this, like, weird faux hawk thing going on. And she looks like the stereotypic 
like butch lesbian cult uh, character and it's like but why did this all need to happen though why did you like strip her of this feminine equality that you once had and then put her into this like butchy lesbian character all of a sudden why did you make her look like you made her look like a stereotypic lesbian character and for what reason she was great mix between the is, is this the character because i wanted i wanted to get a picture of what you're looking at uh, what yeah you're definitely about, so but even her hair is not like that anymore it uh, was like straight up like jerome's currently searching for a picture yeah yeah and I think, I've seen the pictures of her. Yeah. I'm assuming this is old her, like what she looked like in yeah. the first season or whatever. Yeah, where she had a good deal of femininity and they kind of took the femininity away from her. And I see that you do that with a lot of characters, you know, whether they came out gay oh. or lesbian. Yeah. Is this what you're talking about? Like this right here? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. They like cut off her, um, almost her, all her hair. And that's probably the actual actress's real hair. Yeah. And I noticed they do that with, like, a lot of, like, characters once they come out as lesbian or gay. Do you think they're going to do that to Mr. Rapper? Oh, no. Well, the show's over now, so I don't think... Oh, did they no, can't not. still... They Are did they it? still going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That just happened, like, a couple months ago. Oh. That, that episode. I didn't know that. Arthur will never die. Yeah. I will literally cry the, the day, day Arthur dies. But let's be real. When was the last time you watched it? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think uh, I'm still gonna be sad when I hear the news. Yeah, I will say that's that's the one thing about um, game representation it. that I do have kind of an issue with for certain things. Um, it's it's half of what I like. Um, I felt about Crazy Rich Asians. Like I love that movie, um, and uh, I think it's a great film. Everyone does a great job in it, and I love the representation. But uh, of Asian culture. Yeah. But I think it was still weird to me that in a movie that's trying to knock down tropes and be like, hey, we're going to make a movie with an all Asian cast. And it's going to be not like, you know, it's going to be uh, something different and fresh. They still had the stereotypical gay cousin character who's super feminine and wants and is like immediately befriends the girlfriend of his cousin or whatever and gives her fashion tips and all yeah. type of stuff. And I was like... Really? You're there, still doing that? There's You're a meme that, that says uh, there's always that one gay cousin and if you don't know who they are it's probably you. And I read that to my sister and she's like, there's no gay cousin and then I was like, I looked at her and she's like oh crap, I am the gay cousin. Which for my sister who is a lesbian, it's true, she is. And I always think that's funny because they always have that stereotypic, the one gay cousin that comes in who's very flamboyant or who's very like butchy. And I think that needs to like die a little bit like I love what they did with Mr. Rapper and where he was just all of a sudden hey he's marrying a guy awesome Mm -hmm. he looks like a normal human being he acted like a normal human being well rather he was himself he's a character not a stereotype well that's what I'm saying well because you you said normal human being so I wanted to clarify it's just that he's a if you are are flamboyant And that is your personality as a person, a part of the LGBT. And that's you. That is you. Do your thing. However, that's not everybody. <laughs> not representation. It's not. Re- uh, Fair enough. I, know, get what, I get um, what you're saying. And I may have. Like, yeah, very, you're right. You're not, absolutely right. Uh, what's it called? Well, uh, some, representation some, of everyone of that. You're community. right. <laughs> you know, there are straight males who are who are very flamboyant as well. Um, but they didn't make. Well, that's the whole issue. There are straight males 
who are flamboyant and because of that that stereotype they get you know considered to be gay and then you know they get stuck in this stereotype as well and it's like it's harmful for them too you know i mean it's definitely uh especially because i it makes me think of um one of my favorite movies that does i think gay representation really well uh is moonlight I have not seen Moonlight. Moonlight is an amazing film. It definitely uh, earned the Academy Award. Have you seen Moonlight, Jonathan? I have not seen Moonlight. <laughs> and I know it's on Netflix, so I need to be watching it's it. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's oh, like... Hold on, I mean, hold on. I just want to know what that sound was. Because I know I need to be watching... I should have watched it like <laughs> two years ago. So. I mean, I saw... I um, It's okay. I mean, when I saw it in theater, literally, I was the only black person in attendance. So don't feel so bad. But we are in Seattle, like to be fair. That's yeah. True. I'm pretty sure we are the only people of color, and we're all in the same room <laughs> right now. But um, when I but Moonlight does a great job of t- uh, touching on not only um gay representation from a, a street kid growing up in uh, the streets of Miami, but also uh, talking about gay representation in the African-American community, because it's something that is very uh, still stigmatized and uh, has a lot of, um, especially with males, not so much with females as much as it has with men, because black men, it's a big thing in the community of like, yo, you either hard or you're not. And if you're if you're gay or bi or whatever your sexuality is, there's a lot of people that will judge you for that, um, especially if you have a certain type of attitude about it. Well, it's also seen and, as uh, a big thing in the in the Latin community, too, for for males, uh, because I've seen it with my own family on my dad's side and then in the community that I grew up in, because I grew up in not the greatest, you know, neighborhoods in Chicago where there were a lot of shootings and drive-bys and, you know, in the industrial area. So I remember seeing that and, you know, I actually grew up in like the church and the bad, bad church. And honestly, had it not been from my mom, I think I would have grown up with more of a warped sense of what the LGBT and the community meant to me because, the church we did go to was one of those churches where like you know that's a sin everything is a sin we're all going to hell unless you know yeah. you get married and have babies well, definitely like growing up in baptist church that was oh yeah oh no we were um sure. we were part of the fundamental independent baptist people and if you don't know what that is uh because many people don't know when i say that that's the westboro baptist people oh i know yeah, they protested outside my school once. <laughs> yeah, I was part of that church. Uh, but weirdly enough, my mom has always been very open-minded for somebody who took us to that church like every Sunday and demanded that I pay attention. Although she may have demanded, but she never actually forced me to listen. And she enjoyed when I argued with them. So it was like this weird, like, pay attention, but good on you for arguing with every single person in that building. So I don't I I think I got a lot of mixed messages growing up. One of the things that I was going to say, Jerome, you talked about, like, within, like, the black community, kind of relating it to we talked about striking vipers in our Black Mirror episode, but we never talked about I don't think we really talked about, like. The gayness of it all. Yeah. And that, like, do you think that the representation was good representation or or was it representation at all? Um, I watched 
Um, I did watch uh, Asshole by Kenya, which I mentioned in one of our previous podcasts. And she did a discussion on the episode and she talked about how, you know, um, Carl and Danny, they did not want to necessarily come to the um, conclusion that they might be something other than, you know, heterosexual. Um, so that really played into the conflict of the story and um, how e- even though Danny has like, or yeah, Danny has a wife in Theo and Carl like did whatever with the girls he, you know, mm-hmm. hooked up with. Um, that doesn't necessarily make them straight. Like they are queer people. Um, so I was, I was wondering what your, your guys' thoughts were on that. I mean, that's half of what I was saying. What I think what all of us were saying is that they never went the full mile with the concept of like what that meant to be in this kind of virtual reality relationship on a video game and that you know and that went even past the idea of just them being in the video game but also the idea of like what does love mean on a in a virtual standpoint especially in a world where you can feel every sensation you know because now we just like have small relationships on facebook you have people that like oh we meet up on facebook and then we you know get together whatever um but in a world where like uh, in that show where they represent they present a scenario where you could full on have a legit relationship in a like down to even having physical interactions with each other like what does that mean for your relationship what does that mean for your sexuality if you're two men who are inhabiting the bodies of other people you know and that sort of thing and i felt like it it didn't go far enough to really dive into sexuality on that level especially between two men who are once best friends and are now uh find themselves in a different position in their life. I think they just, it was going back to that whole being people of color and being queer. It's just difficult in general to have to have this conversation and then for them to try to acknowledge it as it's, I think in some sense it's easier now when you're younger to have the conversation and then as you're older and then you have a family now and then try to backtrack into talking about possibly being queer is definitely not something anybody would want to acknowledge especially when you have a wife and kids Mm -hmm. and i think they could have delved deeper into that issue but they were so focused on like this weird like is it cheating or is it not cheating Mm. when everybody kind of knew it was um the weird thing i thought with that definitely was yeah (laughs) the weird thing i thought with that episode is um you know if he really thought for uh not carl what was the other one guys danny 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 was the one married to theo right yeah if uh he thought the video game sex was so great why didn't he ever just try it with his wife like oh on the yeah, video game yeah That's what i thought we were going with it. yeah i i didn't know why he didn't ever just try it with his wife if it was so good and then with carl i understood he did like he ventured and tried with other people but danny never tried it with his wife or with other people he just stuck with carl so clearly he did have feelings for carl and he he always had he just was never willing to acknowledge it so he moved towards 
you know, the heterosexual side and he was just, you know, hiding his feelings for his best friend, you know, and I think that comes down to, again, being, you know, queer and being a person of color. It's always just sometimes easier to hide. And, you know, we don't get a lot of representation of that. And when we do, it's always those very stereotypic Stereotypic. characters. My, so as you know, I got to put Big Brother in here again, but I'm a huge (laughs) fan. You do you, Jonathan. I'm a huge fan of Big Brother. And every season that they have like a new cast, it's usually, they usually, they, they cast very stereotypically and very um, kind of one track. Um, and I love the show, but that's one of the things that I kind of like, um, you know, it's a downside. Um, and they always have uh, one gay man. Every single season, you'll look at every single season, they'll have one gay man. And usually it is um, like, you know, he, he's very flamboyant and, you know, out there. Sometimes they'll have um, a lesbian. Sometimes they won't. Um but it is very st- same with the black people that they cast on the show. They're very they usually only cast like one or two black people. But that's either neither here nor there. So I really hate when they have the queer character that doesn't understand personal space. Like they always have the really gay guy who constantly is like touching people or like you know flirting or something. Like they make it almost seem like the gay man can't understand like personal space or boundaries. So it makes it seem like almost all gay men can't do that. And I think that helps with the stereotype or in encourages that uncomfortableness that like, Oh, he's gay. He's going to you know try to climb into my lap or try to touch my hair or something. And it's just like, well, no, they don't want to touch you. It's not like TV. Nobody, nobody's going to touch you. Dude you're fine so i think that's another thing they really have to like focus on it's that whole boundaries thing a lot of the queer characters they have on tv don't show with the lesbians and the yeah it's that always the gay men always like touching somebody they're always like when they do that act they're like oh there's always some touching somebody's hair they're always like oh it's okay i'm gay and it's like well no that's not how gay people work in real life (laughs) Uh, i'm pretty sure the person who's writing this is not gay or something so i don't think they really understand i think that's probably been as a person who, who writes um scripts and content i think that's been the the biggest thing to try and nail down is uh gay representation and getting it right because i i try to be very inclusive with my writing and so i've uh only written like a few gay characters um but i never try and make them like extremely flamboyant or or uh too much of a, a stereotype in an attempt to try and make some more original characters especially because the people i know who are who are part of the lgbt community from i i don't think i know anybody who's extremely flamboyant outside of one and we you would know who i'm talking about (laughs) uh but he's awesome and i love him uh he's great uh ross oh yeah ross is great but even ross he's never like he's not like you know, no, he understands personal yeah, space. He, he yeah, that's the whole thing. Space. He's very respectable and he's a great guy. Um, but uh, there's so many uh, there's so many people I know who are part of the LGBT that are 
not like the people I see in media and stuff. And those are the kind of the people that inspire me to write the type of LGBT characters I write. And like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I would hope that there's more, you know, um, right. I would love to see more characters on TV that represent the LGBT uh, in a way that feels more uh, organic and real than just being the stereotypical, like, super confident one that's like always got great advice for their girlfriends or whatever or yeah i have no good advice i am not confident (laughs) at all like i'm the least person i should you should never come to me for advice i do not have my life together like (laughs) not alex i'm going to prom next week and i don't know if i want to go with cindy or (laughs) cindy or not you have to tell me some advice Alright, well, if her name is Cindy, then no. (laughs) You should not be going with anybody named Cindy. Cindy. And lots of things. (laughs) Cindy? It's the most most Molly Ringwald name I can think of. You could have just said Molly. Is it better? Molly. Molly's better than Cindy, yes. My dog was named Molly. Rest in peace. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lauren's Lauren's dog is named Molly. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, she's so pretty. What kind of dog is it? Uh, it's like a black lab, but it's also mixed with um, I think part of a German Shepherd. Oh. It's uh, it's like solid. It's like very bulky, but it's like solid, so it's not fat. But she's all black, but she has a um, red tuff tufts in her fur. So when the sun hits her, she has like red like highlights. Oh. She's so pretty. She's such an anxious dog, though. I just want to cuddle and pet her, but she won't let me. <laughs> um, um, back to the representation, uh, Jerome. You you talked about like you you want to see more on television and um, on your screens. Well, I have some good news for you from doing my research. I know, two in one episode. Well, you, sound like a, you sound like a scientist every time you say it. It's just like, well, listen, I know what everybody thinks, but four out of five dentists say that. <laughs> hey, because of that, I use Sensodyne, so. <laughs> that's that's true. I use Pronamel, so I'm right there with you. I use Crest. Do I use Crest? Do I use Crest? Wait a minute. You better use some toothpaste. No, I can't think of the. I, I use I Sensodyne, use... and then I use that charcoal at night when you your teeth. Oh. Yeah, I taste weird, but I, it actually does help white your teeth a little wow. bit. But no, go on with the your more research. You know, yeah, go um, on with your research. So this is from the Guardian. This article is from about seven months ago, and in part it says the annual "Where We Are on TV" report has found that eight point eight of regular characters expected to appear in the next year on U.S. network television are LGBT. Up 6.4% the previous year, with 50% of them being people of color. There was also an equal percentage of male and female characters, an improvement on last year. Netflix was named as the streaming service with the highest number of LGBT characters, thanks to shows such as Orange is the New Black and Luke Cage. There was also a special praise there was also special praise for Will and Grace, Supergirl, Empire, and How to Get Away with Murder, which were all singled out for their inclusivity. I don't like Orange is a New Black, and I get a lot of slack for that. But that does sound like it's really good, and I think because Netflix is its own streaming system, and it doesn't have to abide by a lot of, like, the TV rules, and, like, the FCC has a little less hold on it, Mm -hmm. it gets to have more of that, like, LGBT, because... 
you know, the ratings of like PG-13 and, you know, PG, it's a little less like stronghold on Netflix. And also, I think because the audience generally for network TV is like middle America, older, they're not generally as accepting of this community as people First off, on- I am from middle America. I'm from <laughs> Illinois. So watch yourself. Middle America. Mm, <laughs> some of middle America. I, <laughs> Excuse you. It is, but like, I'm pretty it, but sure. That, but that's generally like if you look at like the just, red states versus. That's like, just stereotype in there. Well, it, it, like, you know, I can tell you right now, South Carolina is, you know, I always, whenever and I that is gone on red South Carolina is, I'm always like, just remember, they're the first, the first state to be like, what? We can't have slaves. All right, we leaving. Let's go. Pack up exactly. your stuff, That's Jim Bob. Like, Let's get out of here. Like generally, like <laughs> middle America isn't as progressive as, as like some of the other not to get political or anything but if you look at the red states versus the blue states it's like it is <laughs> but that's that's like the older audience like uh of network television it just goes yeah, to show yeah i get, i understand what you're saying but it's i not think my states but the only thing that's nope. weird though I'm but sorry. i don't think illinois, illinois, illinois is a blue state though yeah it is so that that won't even count in like the I'm talking like no deep I just South like screwing Kentucky, with you like no, I just Texas. like screwing with you just <laughs> messing with um but go ahead Alex I'm sorry no you're fine um no I get what you're saying about uh it's the older generation Netflix is very much like a younger crew even uh younger than us when we were talking earlier about coming of age movies and stuff like that they're more comfortable watching coming of age movies that can often include LGBT characters and stuff like that who are more just you know average characters instead of the stereotypes uh on Netflix or on Hulu or on you know streaming shows because it's easier to watch than on, you know, regular TV. Because a lot of people don't even have, like, cable anymore. They just have, like, streaming networks. Which is what I have. I don't have cable. I don't have regular TV. Sometimes I think I should get a booster antenna. But then I'm like, no, I'm probably going to watch Netflix or Hulu or, you know, The Simpsons, which is going on right now. So, like, I think that's a good way to say it from your research is that Netflix definitely does help uh raise that you know or take down that stereotype because that's also where my character comes from todd who who is in the bo jackman show which is a netflix original and that's where i finally get a character who actually and represents me too and in a way that doesn't look stereotypic that doesn't sound stereotypic who is asexual and he isn't somebody who's like grossed out by sex or anything like that. He's just like, eh, I'd rather do all these other business ventures. I'd rather do other stuff. This is just not a priority. So it's totally uh, an actual real representation. However, I think the struggle is only, uh, as far as getting representation out there, is only dependent on kind of our time period because for like our parent, our parents' generation, it's it's growing up in a time where uh, being a part of the LGBT LGBT community is not as um, uh, common as it is now, and so as we get older and as more people replace the people who are in doing TV now, for all we know, it could be like in the next 10, 20 years, you'll have a lot more people on TV of different. Uh, variations on like um, 
characters as a part of that community because you'll have so many people that are newer that are younger and come from a different generation where it's not so much a a weird thing to see on tv yeah but we kind of need that representation now to like help this generation and help the next generation because if we don't have that now like we're gonna grow up with the same kind of struggles this generation did have like i said like i didn't have anything so i was like okay i must be this thing because i'm definitely not straight so i kind of must be this and then as i got older and people started explaining more stuff to me i was like oh this one makes more sense so i got less information so i was kind of like settling on like a sexuality so like because i finally got more information i was like oh this makes sense and i think because it's almost like we're having to wait till our generation starts making stuff we're almost screwing over the next generation and they're already getting screwed over a lot um well, so i'm not saying no way i'm just saying no like, but i know i know what you're like, saying as it can only go up from here right i definitely get what you're saying but i think um it's it's helping now that there is some open more open-minded tv going on now and not because it's on network tv but because of streaming channels and even youtube youtube has a lot of like bs on it but youtube does have some great ways to express the lgbt and like podcasting now they even have their own section don't they on netflix um yes they do they do they do so, which is, again, like a great thing to have. And even, yeah, on YouTube, they're able to share, you know, struggles and stuff like that. It's like, oh, okay, there's somebody out there like me. So, I think that's a good way to, to help, like, build that. So, in the next 10 years, yeah, it's not such an oddity. And it's like, okay, here's just everything now. So, definitely. But, yes. Well... Anyway. Wow, we're at forty five minutes. Like we've ended this. We I wasn't sure how if we were gonna get the, get to it all, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad we got a lot of conversation in here. Uh, it went well. Yes, it went well. It, it went well. Yeah. Are you guys nervous? Uh, that's no. I just was like, I was like, how long can we talk about this? <laughs> oh, we, I got more. Like, I know us. I know what. We oh, know, we I are. Wrote down, when like, it comes to serious topics, it's like it, we may have twelve minutes, thirteen minutes in this. I don't know if we have forty five. <laughs> I wrote down like one, two, three, four, five examples, and I got through them all. So. Um, anywhere you boys you, are weird. You can follow us at behind the Usher Station on Instagram, Usher Station Pod on Twitter. You can email us behind the Usher Station at gmail.com. and you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at Behind the Usher Station. Where can we follow your beautiful faces at? You guys can go ahead first. You can find me at Jonathan Keys. You can find me on Instagram at Not Jerome Red because I'm Not Jerome Red. And you can find me at on Instagram at Live in My Okayest Life. And again, I will be walking in the Seattle Pride Parade with Seattle Children's Hospital on Sunday, June 30th. So come out and come look for me. I will be probably one of the only Spanish people in that group. So I will not be hard to find, <laughs> but come out and enjoy the fun of the pride parade on Sunday. It'll be great. Yep. All right. Well, good night to you all or good day, good depending on what you're listening to this. Yeah. What time you're listening to this? I normally listen to these on the, on the car ride. So what car ride though? What time? Um, you know, uh, day, anytime the, uh, it's, uh, 
and I just feel like going to work. It's not about forty-five minute ride, so you know. When you feel like going to work, you, you know what? We're we're dro- pretty much at this point. <laughs> I can see that. What this? I can see that. Okay, now we're just drawing out time. So anyway, uh, see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.